One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you ever get a little down in life? Do you dream of that buff body but can't be bothered to actually do the work? Of course you do. We all hate ourselves a little bit. 30 minutes from now, you'll feel so comparatively intelligent, cultured and generally superior that you'll wonder why you ever worried at all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Flats and Shanks. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of our weekly podcast. I'm David Flatman. I'm Tom Shanklin. Hi Tom. Good day, mate. Um, you didn't steal the intro this time like no, you saw it last week. I know, I know. Because I think you know that you listened back to it in the car or something and you thought, do you know what, Shanko, you looked in the rearview mirror and you thought that was a dick move. I wouldn't do that. I thought it was, I thought it was good, mate. Uh, but I know I offended you and I would rather keep the peace than have you staring down at me. Mm. Um, don't want to get angry, mate. No, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good, mate. I mean, I already know because I've been here for 20 minutes before we started. So I'm just pretending to the listeners that you don't know. It's like when you um, you walk onto a TV show and you're like, hey, guys, and you shake hands. It's like you've been in the green room for two hours. Why are you pretending you just met? I don't get it. I've not been on TV, mate. So is that what happens? Do the media stuff, media stuff. So how are you? Um, it's like when you go on stage at an event, you host events, and someone walks up, like do a Q and A with you, and you're like, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Warburton, and he walks up, and you shake his hand. You've been with him for the last four hours. How's it going, mate? <laughs> how you doing, mate? Great yeah, to see you. Up to? Great to see you. Yeah. Saw you four hours ago. Um, anyway, people at home don't know how you are. How yeah, no, are I'm, mate. I'm, I'm well. I'm always well. You are quite, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. How are you, you? You seem to me to be quite sort of psychologically robust. Would you agree with that? Yeah, mentally tough. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, mate, mentally tough. No, because no, your body language, as described by body language experts, we've spoken about this, um, was unacceptably weak and you're never going to be part of a successful team. That's what they said at Saracens, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so mentally tough, maybe, but I think you, you don't seem to get um, too down about anything. No, I don't, I don't know what you've got to it's, get down about. It's medication. Yeah. Kicks me at a certain level. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Without it, go. Yeah. Watch out. Always a loon. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, you're well, are you? You're good, you're happy. Yeah, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How's your week been? What have you been up to? Well, because um, oh, I don't know. I went, you don't know, no. actually. You went, I went, or you went, I went shooting with Sol Campbell last week. Wow. Yeah. What was he like? Big. Really? A genuinely big bloke. I mean, he wouldn't weigh as much as me necessarily. But he is a okay. He's not playing anymore. He's a big old boy. Is he bigger than me? Yes, he's significantly bigger than you. Really? I mean that. Yeah, he's like. It's impossible. There's a photo of us on Twitter or something because we went to EJ Churchill, which is like a shooting place, really cool actually. And these are that not, is High Wycombe. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. These are not sponsors of mine, by the way. And we went with Bremont Watches. Yeah. I love watches, and I've known the guys Nick and Giles who uh, own Bremont Watches. Known them for years and years and years. They used to have an association with Bath Rugby. No, no sponsorship. Can you say that name again for me? No, I know. Bremont. Bremont. Yes. Bremont watches. Have you got a watch from Bremont? I've, yeah, I have got a Bremont, but it's not sponsored. Did you wear it on the day? Uh, I did actually, yeah. 
funny that. Imagine if you turned up with the wrong one on. Oh. Do they listen to the podcast? Um, no. Give us a watch, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a second series, yes. Uh, so we're at shooting, and uh, I'm not clay pigeons, you know. I'm not very good at shooting, but I was more interested to meet um, Sol Campbell, really, because I'm a sort of a I'm a rubbish sort of pretend Arsenal fan. But um, Sol Man was one of my favourite players. It's one of your favourite things to do on the weekend, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, I never go and watch football, but um, I watch it on telly. Grew up the arse, watch him play. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So, anyway, Sol Campbell, uh, perfectly nice man, and bigger than I thought, much bigger than I thought. Yeah? Yeah, very, very... How was your shooting? Large. Um, actually, all right. Really? Yeah, it went all right. I'd have been, of the four... Nick and Giles are really, really posh. They go shooting all the time. Freddie was there as well. And and, uh, and Felix. But uh, Nick and Giles are Bremont guys. They were both the top two. I reckon my shooting was better than Soulman's. Even with that lazy eye you got? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've got a special thing. I've got a a Pirates patch up over it for shooting. Yeah. Um, And I always shoot from the hip of... uh, (laughs) But it was was good. I've been there. I did a wasps shooting day. Um, Why'd you do it with wasps? Don't know. Just did. What, did you... I'm an ambassador for DS Smith. DS Smith sponsored Wasps. Ah, uh, that's right. So I went down there. Oh, with Haskell. Haskell's always there. No, he wasn't there actually. Uh. No, Joe Simpson was. Um, but it's good. Real good day. Um, I mean, I won uh, Top Gun. Of course you did. Of course I did. Won two tickets to watch Wasps play. Did you go? Never going to use them. Never going to use them. Never. I gave them to someone at work. Oh, well done, so, mate. Did they go? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I think they gave them to someone else. Yeah. They gave them to someone else who went. Yeah, then someone, the person they gave them to had cold hands, so they set them alight and did had warm do, hands for them. Did you do them. the clays that they can roll across the floor? Yeah, they're the ones I struggle the most with, actually. I usually get those rabbits. Yeah, trying to, rese- yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying to resemble a rabbit. Yeah. Um, I normally get them. It's good get fun, schmucks. It? Yeah, it's nice, actually. Uh, the, be- the best bit is lunch afterwards in the local pub. Very nice. Okay. In the village called, uh, what's it called? Hambledon or something. It's where they film Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and loads of other famous stuff that Fury the movie Brad Pitt in the tank yes it was filmed in this village called was Hamilton it? yeah yeah okay amazing village and one of the reasons apparently it's used in loads of TV shows one of the reasons they like it is because it's got no modern street lights or anything like that it's just as it was it looks as it was okay um, in the old days like um, they film Heartbeat there I'm going to say yes but the answer is no okay don't know do they have internet yeah, they've got, they've got Wi-Fi. Oh, there. that's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It was not nice. anywhere with Sky. And Do you know what I was Wi-Fi. surprised about with Sol Campbell is that he was like uh, the most expensive player in England at one point, wasn't he? Always that Rio. No, he was. Like, I think he, when he re-signed for Arsenal, I think he was on a deal back in the day, which probably was about 35 grand a week. Can't live on that. Um, he he um, turned up in a van. Okay. He's got an like interior a, design, like furniture business with his wife. Like the 18 van, though. No, like a, it was like a, it was a nice van, a nice like Merc like van. Optimus Prime van. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but it was like a two litre diesel van, proper okay. van. Good on the road. And we all, we all went from the shoot, we followed each other in our cars, wheel, wheeling our way, quarter of an hour drive to the um Did you look pub, inside? And Sol got lost. We lost Sol and gave him the slip. Was he a lost soul? Lost. You, yeah, that's good. That is good, mate. Anyway, did you, uh, did you have a look inside the van before t- we started? No, I don't know if it was like so, it out. No, he, he could have had some bling in there, and he could have had some decks, and he could have had some champagne. Yeah, yeah, maybe he could have, he could have done it. He could have had a he could have had a cinema system. He could there. have had a Porsche in the back, basically. Is what he could have. Yeah. Had. But he turned up, and I said, "I gave you the slip there, mate." He goes, "Yeah, no centre forwards ever managed it." you managed it today son and I, I laughed he goes you can have that tell your grandkids <laughs> mate did he sign you off as well he called you son um yeah oh right which is funny because you know, it's not funny it was it was humiliating it was a really bad moment it was good it was a nice day he's a nice man anyway good chat has he got a good chat yeah fine nice yeah. guy yeah. yeah nice really yeah he's nice yeah okay perfectly yeah. nice yeah no, I believe you I'm not gonna lie but my Tommy gun dog <laughs> He is he is a nice man and a nice day, mate. Decent company, yeah. Nice day. Okay. And as opposed to what else I've been doing, well, you want the truth? I can't remember. It's Sunday night. We're in your mum's kitchen. I can't remember what I've been doing. I was working See, today, working yesterday. I must I must apologise from last week when you were really trying to open up your heart to me about these 
these head injuries that you've had over your time, you start you start to forget things and mm. you lose it. But because you've got really good chat and uh, in your words, uh, <laughs> it's not what I said. <laughs> it eventually comes back to you. Because yeah, you can mumble on for a bit. Yeah, and you know, I, I made up some sort of story that was from Step Brothers, where not yeah. Step Brothers, um, yeah, Step Brothers, where I saw these equations on a board. You did the goodwill hunting joke um, kind of thing, and it's a real shame because I was trying to have a moment and be honest, and you know. Yeah, so I, I do apologise for that, mate. Um, you probably can't even remember, so it's fine. Remember what? Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to? Anything interesting? Did a bit of charity work on Wednesday, oh, mate. Oh god. Yeah. Of course you did. Went down to my old junior school in Tenby and did a bit of a talk. Did you have junior school in Tenby? Yeah. Were you born in Wales? No. 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 How old were you when you moved to Wales? Seven. Right. So seven years in England. How long in Wales before you moved back to England? Seven. So you moved back when you were fourteen. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Rest is history. Anyway, you're a. So you're okay. My point is, you're English. Anyway. Uh, my mother and father both from Tenby, so went down there. Um, we did a little bit of a talk with the year ones and twos, all the way up to year six about the NSPCC and, and stuff like that. And it was, yeah. it was good. It was good. You have to open it up to them as well. So you have to like, you know, if, if you if you see some sort of bullion, you know, who should you tell? And some really good answers. Yeah. The Queen was one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell the Queen. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Tell your pet. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the dog. Sorry. One guy, uh, one little boy put his hand up and said, tell your bodyguard. So. Who, Joe? Who's he? Yeah, I think he's a mayor's son. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I did a little bit of coaching with them after. When they were talking about bullying and stuff, were you, and being bullied, were you were you taking the piss out of them as well? Like you took the piss out of me for my uh, potential uh, sort of memory, short-term memory loss, concussion stuff? Under my breath, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least but, you keep it real. But we had Buddy the speech bubble with us, so my job was to hold him. Yeah, he's a nose. Um So went down there for the day, which is nice, popped in. So, saw my mate Luger in the new Inn and Amroth, a bit of food on the way back. Oh, yeah. Nice Did he make you pay for it? Uh, no, he didn't actually. Happy days. Yeah, pub's closed. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, went to his house. Luckily, he lives next door. That's nice, isn't it? Still claims mileage, though, to the pub. Of course, he bloody oh, does. Um, um, what are we going to talk about, Tommy? I'm finished with it. What have I done yet? Oh, God. Okay. Um, and had a game of golf on Friday, mate. How'd you go? Me, Bubs, and Weird Andrew. Had a game of golf. Weird Andrew. Yeah, I've got Andrew Nicholson. I've got to say his second name just in case someone knows him and wants to agree with me that he's weird. Or tell us any bad stories about him, stuff he's yeah, done in his past. Yeah, so we had a game of skins. Obviously, I won that because I'm amazing at golf. Mm. And went for a bit of food after. Nice. What skins? Up in Path. Uh, up in Path. Uh, skins is basically a game where if you win the hole, it's, it's one skin to you. If you draw it, they carry on over to the next hole. Okay. So you can be rubbish and still be in the game basically. so it's golf bants but this happened to me though on Friday night so we went to a nice restaurant for a bit of food yeah um, I had a coffee I needed a toilet then number two yeah we well, you know what coffee does it melts all the food inside you so it comes yeah yeah, yeah. I knew that they didn't know so thanks it was really hot um, yeah. and went to the toilet my mate was Matt was waiting to go in I opened the door, come out of the toilet. Yeah. He couldn't handle the smell. Started retching. I thought, oh, he's taken, it's not that bad. You know, we've all been young once and gone into the toilet after our dads. Yeah. And uh, he projectile vomited. Now, Are you my question this? No, my question to you is. Was he drunk? No. Is, is a smell that bad that's going to make you be sick? I can't. Or has he got a weak tummy? I, I think. I don't know. I never thought about it. I, I think he's. I mean, I live. Got... I live a Jew, and like, yeah, you are relentless when it he... comes to that. And but not once did it make me want to. I think he's. I think sick. he's a bit weak of constitution. This chap, and it it reminds me, Tom, of. Um... I think he did it for theatre, basically. Yeah, I think he's yeah playing to the crowd. Of, well, maybe he's not. He's actually right. spewing. I uh, I remember a time when we were at Sarries in the team room at the training ground at Bramley Road there. And just sitting next to Danny Grukop on a sofa, and he had like a plastic pint glass, plastic beaker thing, yeah, a uh, little thin one, so you can take outside onto the balcony, sort of thing. And he just, I remember him just grabbing it, grab. He had his sitting on my right on the sofa, and he put his left hand on the back of my head, and with his right hand, he basically shoved, smashed this plastic pint glass into my face, over my mouth and nose, 
and held the back of my head so I couldn't I thought what is he doing for a millisecond I thought what is he doing then I realised that he had farted and then he had you cupped, inhaled he had cupped a fart and I had nowhere to go so I inhaled good way of cupping it though it was it was well thought out yep. it was brilliantly executed and I could have I could have used a knife and fork to cut through it was it, was, was it one of those that makes your, makes your eyes water? It was bad. It was really bad. It was, it was one, but if anything was going to make me actually vomit, that would be it. Um, just something nice to visualise for our listeners. Really. Um, do you know what I watched on the weekend? What now? Adam Jones on Mastermind. Good, apparently. Really good. Really mm. good. So his specialist subject was the British and Irish Lions, 1993 to 2005. Got 12 out of 12. And there were some this? tough ones. Not obvious ones, like who was the captain. Yeah. But... There were some tough ones, like what centre, what Welsh centre um, left the tour early, could not play in the first test due to injury, and yeah. had to fly home after the second test. Great question. Was yeah, pro- who probably would have, be, had he been fit, won the series for them. So Brian Driscoll? No, he was injured in the first test, so you'd be no good. Yeah, it's funny. One of the questions was who was not selected for the British and Irish Lions for political reasons, um, for religious reasons, and um, had he been selected, what loose head prop, had he been selected, would potentially have you know, resulted in a winning series? And that, that was one of the questions, apparently. What ex-Dulwich loose head prop? Not called Andrew Sheridan. Yes. Um, yeah, anyway, he was yeah, good. He's a bright yeah, guy. He's he, a bright he, guy. He, he was really bright. I mean, he got, he, he got let down a little bit by some questions on the uh, general knowledge. Um, Wuthering Heights was one. I don't know what, what area of England was some sort of this book related to or whatever. Yeah. He, he didn't know the answer, um, but it was a tough one. Didn't but. even know that. No. Um, by the way, in the background, uh, we have we've got my little iPad Mini leaning up against my uh, navy leather le- executive man clutch, and on it we've got Exeter against Ulster, and Charles Piertow has just absolutely skinned him for a try. Uh, he stepped. Jack Noel a minute before Jack Noel put an amazing shot on him but he's just stepped him and basically he steps really good players like they're not there he's, he's a freak he's I'm going to say this to you now Tommy he is the best rugby player in the hmm, European Cup he's up there yeah I agree I mean he's up there who's better than him well you're putting on a spot now I don't know yeah uh, he's better than everyone Toji he's better Okay. Um, what is anyway. good though that his form continued from Wasps because you know you go to a new club sometimes mm. you might have a dip in form you might be able to find yourself but straight in wing 15 13 wherever yeah. and now I've said that the iPad's shut down so anyway should we carry on with our podcast one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, why not? So I've, I watched a bit of rugby this weekend. I worked. I've worked doing media stuff, you know, like you. Um, is that your is that your full time job, although you're self employed? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's full time because it full time means five days a week, doesn't it? But 
rugby's not shown five times at a five no times it's it, it ends it ends up being every weekend yeah yeah so today I commentated um, on Bordeaux against Claremont uh, for BT with Andrew Cotter who is one of the lesser known but best commentators in the business he's just he's mostly on BBC oh, he does the brilliant. golf as well incredible Wimbledon golf uh, all those sorts he's a funny bloke as well isn't he very funny I met him um, during the World Cup we did a lot of corporate stuff yeah in, I don't know if I've told you this during the England Australia game yeah Australia won didn't they in the World Cup yep um, two years ago yeah 2015 you in a bit yeah on the way back I parked the other side of the waterworks in Hounslow so yeah it's free parking there drop down along along a little river Cheaper, by the waterworks yeah. yeah straight into Twickenham now yeah. after the game we finished off doing a bit of the, the Q&A's and stuff and just signing off the game and walk, was walking back to my car because I didn't drink because I wanted to stay professional and remember, you're, you're a great guy yeah remember what I'm talking about um I was also on a massive training block as well, so you know, it was really key. Yeah, tapering, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of sugar, a lot of sugar in beer. Yeah. So I was walking back and I could see two really drunk men peeing into the water. Now, there's a little path, there's a lot of brambles, and then there's the river. Yeah. And they were they were peeing and they were wobbling. Yeah. As they were urinating. And one fell forward over the brambles into the water. And his mate was trying to grab him and pull him out both big big men yeah fat yeah fat yeah and the other guy slipped so he was in the water as well and they're shouting so I run over as fast as I can and I can see them both in the water so I'm trying to pull them out it took me forever sounds like that scene from Dirty Dancing I got, I got soaking right? I got soaking absolutely drenched my legs were in the water everything you know obviously dressed fairly smart because you've got blazer and shirt and stuff like that on ruined all ruined it takes me ages to pull these guys out you know I'm talking like 18, 20 stone and they're trying to crawl out and they're both hammered mm. I get them both out because you're very cool freakishly strong they're on their backs and I look down and he's still got his thing out of his flies where he's peeing and I said to him I said oh you alright now boys you alright can I leave you you alright and they went yeah yeah thanks I'm just left them to it and they got up walked off and where, where did that story come from talking about Andrew Cotter I don't know I don't know I was thinking about when I met him it was at that game oh right That's yeah. for a second I thought you were going to say turned out one of them was uh, Jason Leonard Andrew, Andrew Cotter before he went really really fit and slim no um, anyway yeah a, a bizarre tale but um, but interesting one and one that's contributed to making you the man you are um yeah, I commentated on Bordeaux Claremont today, which which no one should no one should have had to commentate on that game because it was absolutely Kieran Dyer. Um, I quite enjoyed it because it was with Andrew. And yeah. It was good fun. But uh, Brian O'Driscoll and Lawrence were in Craig Dore were in the studio while we were commentating, and Brian just texted me saying, "You know, the commentary is the best part of this game, and the commentary's shit." <laughs> but no, it's, it's, he didn't. He yeah. would never say that to me. No. Um, but. Oh, but well it, it was it was well brutal. Done. But yesterday Put I did myself on the back. It, what, it, the commentary yeah. wasn't very good, but it was. I think I think we could have said nothing, and the commentary would have been better than the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did Leicester Racing on Saturday, which was which was um, compelling from a French point of view, at least. Anyway, Friday night I was on the armchair in front of the log fire with the dogs, watching Bristol against Bath, and Bath absolutely spanked them in the Challenge Cup. This Challenge Cup fifty yeah. pointer. Um, I call it a local derby if you want but Bristol don't care about this competition really How, um, what was Bristol's team like? decent but it, I mean it didn't because we thought they'd slightly turned a the corner they started to play better rugby yeah. Woodward at, at Woodward 15. didn't play Woodward Did didn't play no he's injured Clive Sun didn't play Clive Sun didn't play um, and yeah, they didn't have their first first team out but okay. but it's I still mean, a decent team decent I mean not that much different like Will no. Harrell didn't play it was they got absolutely spanked and Bath were irresistible the, the rumours went around that Bath got an absolute rocket during the week from Todd Blackadder and they were battering each other in training And who seems like the most placid guy like, I think he is I don't think he's placid I think he's calm yeah um, so I don't think oh, well, maybe placid is calm that is exactly what placid means I don't think he's weak I think he's strong but doesn't need to shout about it and yeah. um, that's the impression I get but it's interesting because some, someone actually a guy called Stephen 
Segrist um, has emailed in asking us about uh, to discuss the merits of Ford, Sexton, Russell and Farrell in the context of the Lions tour. Um, he said, I'm a Scot, so I'm completely blind as to what makes Ford so great. I would go so far as to say um, ball in hand. Ball in hand on the front foot or when th- something needs creating. I Ford is the best in the British Isles, I would say, in terms of creative play ball in hand. I think... I think Sexton perhaps drives a team better. I think Finn Russell's got perhaps a bit more panache in him. But I just... George Ford is... On Friday night, you should have seen him. He was just absolutely mesmeric. Don't agree? I do. I just put on a face. Um, yeah, no. Yes, he, he, he does take the ball really he, flat. He's brilliant. He, he's able to use all the runners around him. Um, yeah, go forward. Yeah, I remember I remember talking to... His, his kicking yeah. off the tee isn't the greatest, I don't think. And I don't think... You could rely on him to be. You feel, I think you still need a, a first choice kicker in there. Luckily for England, got Farrell plays. But yeah, I, might I, not be so lucky for the Lions though. No, I do agree. Um, I tell you who I think could be an outside <coughs> bet to get that number ten berth. Well, mm. depends what they do want to do with Farrell because out of the four, for me, he's the best. Whether you play him at ten or twelve, that's okay. That's the option you've got. But Finn Russell, had a great game the weekend against Munster I thought he had a great game yeah, yeah. and he's really he's so much fun to watch isn't he Scotland this year yeah. we spoke about it a lot will be a great team yeah um, do you know you'll know you'll know a lot about this Tommy but talking to Ollie Barkley once about certain fly halves and who's good to play with and who isn't and he said to me something along the lines of Charlie Hodgson is the best to play with in the Premiership by a million miles and this is at the time when there were some pretty great fly halves around yeah um, you know guys like Johnny he said as a centre no one's better than Charlie and I said why is that because he, he said because he squares his shoulders up he can run straight at defenders parallel to the touch lines and then pass without having to fade towards the pass and and apparently George is very good at that too yeah um, it's because he's also a running threat ball in hand so mm. A lot of a lot of players, a lot of tens, you know, aren't really going to make a break. They're just there as a link mm. between your nine and your backs, really. But mm. Ford, Russell, Farrell, really, they're all of them are actually real good running threats. Mm. Um, so you can't take your eyes off them. So you can't leave them. Um, Ford's pretty quick as well, which yeah, he is, yeah, which helps yeah. because that means you know if he does make a break, mm. you know, a lot of the time he can clear away from covering defence. Yeah, so it was, um, it was, yeah, Bristol got absolutely torn apart, and I think those days just come every now and again. Bath were absolutely on one, Bristol were 25% off because they don't care about the Challenge Cup, they just want to survive the Prem. Yeah. And they're missing a couple of players, and they got absolutely spanked. Their set piece got spanked, which it hasn't done much this season. Their set piece has been decent. Yeah. Nathan Catt was out to prove a point and gave Jamal Ford Robinson a, a horrible time. But the highlight of the match was Max Laheef, Bath tighthead. Um, having his in a little scuffle in the front row having his top pulled off and his rig popped out and holy shamoli yeah I've heard that he's actually had ab implants there's, there's a, <laughs> there was an Australian photographer or something on Big Brother before Sled Big Brother I can't remember his name oh, I remember seeing a picture of that guy yeah. fat guy with ab implants yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah and if you look a little bit closely they do look a bit too good yeah but everyone should say that about you and me it's like you know what Josh really good BHW got us that Bloody really good. Work. Who? Fish and wire. If you like, create a little grit, like a little grill. Oh, yeah. Fish and wire. And just pull it real tight. Yeah. Around your midriff. Yeah. It's good. Okay. But yeah, it's um, it's a it's a different breed of prop now, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. There's actually we've got another question here. I'll find it in a minute. But it it's along the lines of. Do you, but does that really matter? I mean. Um. I don't, I don't think what's your, what's, the, what's the question the, is actually from Will Robinson uh, on email what's, the pri- what's your primary job as a prop to look but it's good it's not no it's not about that it's not about what's your primary your, your primary job is to hold a scrum up but, yeah but we're not it. but we're not that, that isn't the point anymore so no one just has one job anymore there's so much to do and the guys are so fit that you look at the contributions that front row players make over the course of the game like Tom Dunn the other night against Bristol Hooker he made 25 tackles. He's a hooker. Against Poe the other week, he made 36 tackles. See, I, I think hookers are slightly different. 
Okay, yeah, I'm just I just happen to know his stats. But the props make such a huge contribution. You watch top props over the course of a game, there's so much carrying, yeah. so much defending that now it's not I, I think and I look around world rugby and I really don't think there is one monster scrum in the whole of the international game. So I think you can go to New Zealand in the summer with the Lions and if you've got just a scrummaging animal so if you've got like a modern day version of Adam Jones, yeah. I don't think you need to take him because they're just not that good at it. They're efficient at getting the ball in and away. If you've got your scrum right and you've got strong enough guys, then you're not going to struggle out there because the All Black scrum just isn't that good. And Argentina can produce a great scrummaging game. Georgia can produce it. Otherwise, French yeah, sometimes can produce it, even they're struggling for loose heads some of the time. Yeah. So I, I, just, I don't think you need to be a monster scrummager in the modern game. At, at the moment, at the moment with this generation of players, you need to contribute loads over the course of 80 or 60 minutes. Okay, so if, if you had a choice, if you were a coach now and you had a choice of having a average scrummager but amazing around the park or an amazing scrummager and average around the park? I think you what you can't do is pick someone who's going to get done over in the scrums. You can't pick that person. But there are enough players now to pick someone who is good enough to hold it steady. Because really... You know, unless you're going for a pushover try, which is once a game max generally, yeah. if you sometimes no, you know, never, not in a game, what you want is really good ball. You just want really good ball for your nine. I suppose though, if it all depends on the balance of your forwards. So if you don't have that many big ball carriers, you might need your props to carry a little bit more because let's be honest, yeah. a, a prop is is pretty compact. They're pretty powerful. Hard to tackle if they're good. Hard to tackle because yeah. they're. they're yeah, they're shorter than second rows and back rows. Mm. Um, but I, I think I think the days of the big fat prop are not at an end, but they're not far off being at an end. That's what I think. Okay, it's not about six packs; it's about overall contribution. So, yeah, you know, when as a I might have said this before on a podcast, never remember what we said and what we haven't. When I was at playing at Bath four seasons ago, um, Dave Barnes was really really fit. He was mega fit, always was, still is. I was last out of the three loose heads, out of me, him and Catty in the fitness. Barnsley was way ahead of me and Catty was way ahead of Barnsley, like up there with the backs and the back rows, ahead of most of the most of the back rows. Yeah. Freaky fit. Now the rumours I hear that he is third out of Autorak, Lahif and him. He comes third in the fitness really? test. Well, you know, I suppose like, well, professionalism has gone to a new level now. So of course props are going to be worked a lot harder because they have to do, there's a lot more of our ass from them from the game now so yeah. they are going to lose that puppy fat if you want to call it that because they're training and they're running more um, yeah. but I would I still like a prop to look like a prop and to and to be able to push first in a scrum and if, if he if he's not great around the park so be it but hey, I mean so do I but I but now the thing is if they're not good around the park you get shown up that's the point you get caught out and you cost the team cost the team points if you're not good enough and my, my fear is first job push but you've got to be able to do loads more now. my fear is it's going to turn out like rugby league where everyone's so mobile and so fit and there's no space out there because yeah everyone is so agile yeah it's feasible um, it's feasible really yeah. is um, the Glasgow Munster game that was fab wasn't it it was a good game right yeah. right at the end right really, at the end yeah Ciali wasn't it Ciali scored, scored. Yeah. yeah really good try actually Keith Earls did really well yeah Keith Earls did well come back in switch it with Seattle yeah. and just come on and he finished well in the corner mm. he's, a, he's a well put together guy he is isn't he he is lovely looks, chass looks good lovely looks chass good. but I, Gla Glasgow did have opportunities at the end and mm. you know, Finn Russell put himself in the position to hit a drop kick over but didn't get the ball I don't mm. think he I don't think he was calling for it in an interview after he said yeah you know that potentially was an opportunity but it must be difficult for tens because they have to make sure everything's certain and everything's mm -hmm. right before they want the ball for a, a drop kick. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a good game. I suppose the, the worst thing about that game was, I think it might have been um, Swinson or Strauss run straight into Conor Murray. Yeah. Conor Murray got a bit of an elbow and a forearm yeah. in the head, went straight down. Looked knocked out, didn't he? Ref blew up straight away yeah. because he wasn't moving, he was on his back. Yeah. Um, medics came on and there's going to be another inquiry into it because yeah. he stays on and you can see when he stays on he's, he's not quite there um, he's saying obviously it was his neck mm. and that's why he didn't move but 
Munster did take him off five minutes later but when you look at that on replay and you see how he goes yeah. down he had to go off the key, the key, the key for me is that um, if there is reasonable it's, it's, I'm going to get my terminology wrong now okay. officially wrong but if there is a reasonable suspicion that he's been knocked out he has to be whipped off and it was for me looking at that there was reasonable suspicion so the medics on the side of the field right um, they might not have seen their replay straight away they've seen Conor Murray down they've gone straight over to, to Conor Murray they've assessed him yeah. they said his neck's right they are so focused on him they prob- they're not even looking at the replays you see on the screen so then it's down to someone the coach or, or whoever maybe they have another independent doctor who's, who's looking at the screens to then say no he's got to get off and he's got to yeah. go for an HIA yeah. um, because it didn't I think then the Munster management probably had a quick chat saw it saw how bad it was got him off but isn't there I mean actually I, yes and no to that I think if they see that actually it looked like he was knocked out he shouldn't be HIA this shouldn't be an HIA it should be just taken off and done yeah. HIA is an assessment with a view to see whether you can come back on but if you've been knocked out you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be coming back on so for me it's he should have been whipped off and kept off um, so anyway there would be another inquiry there's another inquiry at sale isn't there TJ Ioani is being investigated as well for his head knock but I mean it, it's yeah it, there is going to be a period potentially an extended period yeah. of this kind of stuff and people are going to say well the Northampton thing wasn't dealt with properly or it was or the sale thing wasn't dealt with properly. but there is going to be a period of feeling it out and for me it's a lot of people going mad because the process isn't right but the process has only been tested for about five minutes so it's definitely not right six months from now it definitely won't be perfect no but it needs to get better all the time it's going, yeah it is going to take a while for yeah. this and it's going to take a while for for refs to, to look at examples and to see examples and for doctors to see examples of what should be off, what shouldn't be off. Yeah. But what will happen though is that kids at school, kids in coaching camps, um, underage groups, all the way up to adults, to professional road players, everyone will start to tackle lower now because they can't risk yeah. uh, a chest tackle with your arm going up, yeah. which could be a yellow card or a red card, which will create lower tackles, which means that there should be more offloads, which means that the, more game, tries. the game should get faster. Mm. So I think in the long term, this is this is good, but it's going to take a good year or so for yeah. for people to gauge what is what is actually a red card, what's a yellow card, what's a penalty. Yeah. But stick with it because it, it is for the better of the game. Yeah, and protect people's brains. We've spoken about this ad nauseum, haven't we? But yeah. it's, um, I think it's being... I think it's being implemented for the right reasons. That's yeah. that's what I'd say. But one, two observations from that game. One is that I love this monster surge, and undoubtedly they were um, propelled to another kind of emotional gear by the death of Axel Foley, or Huge. at least another level of concentration. Huge. And they have kept that going, for which yeah they should be commended. It's great to watch. Love their I, part of me. Well, a lot of me would love them to win the European Champions Cup this year. We were on a chat about this, weren't we? And um, no one's. There's a few. There's a couple of teams in in prime position. You look at Claremont, mm, Saris, Saris. Um, Even though Saris drew at Scarlet. Yeah, today, but so. I, I reckon Munster. I think this could be Munster's year. Mm. I mean, it would be it would be fab. I'm it tipping would be them. Great to watch. You're tipping them. Here yeah. he goes. Done. Yeah. I'm Saris. You're Munster. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Finn Russell again was good I know yeah. we just spoke about him but he'll have a huge huge role for Scotland this year yeah. and it'd be really interesting to see if Glasgow can keep him because he's going to have a lot of offers yeah, they do. elsewhere complete like he's a he's a number 10 that you'd like to play outside because he does like he, random, he could go to Bath he does random <laughs> stuff which uh, you, yeah. you're not sure as an, as a, an attacker with him he's going to do let alone a defender does a lot of chip and chases which means mm. the line um, you know if, if players come up quick off the line and there's a yeah. lot of space behind um, takes it to the line very well yeah good kicking game great headband I mean all sorts of stuff there's a scar on his head though um, the, he's fab um, and I reckon he could sign for Bath if George Ford leaves anyway um, that's pure speculation the other observation I want to make from that game is it's more of a question to our listeners really um, Johnny Gray Glasgow and Scotland second row Captain. He is famous for his work rate. Yeah. And prodigious work rate it is. So astonishing work rate actually, week after week. Very few missed tackles, very few defensive errors. A Scottish person I was with the other day, a rugby person, 
who I won't name because they asked me not to. I'm not being one of those. I'm not trying to be smug and confidential, but I said I wouldn't, so I won't. Um, said he makes loads of tackles, but they're all soak ups. He never smashes anyone. What's the point in being that big if you don't smash anyone? And the point was, you look at Maro Itoji, you look at Henderson, you look at Alan Wynn. Those guys, if you run straight into them, they'll bury you. Or a couple, a couple of times a game, they're whacking people backwards, yeah. making the defence run back. Yeah. His point about Johnny Gray was, he's incredible, incredible athlete, but he makes a lot of passive hits. So Johnny Gray potentially wouldn't have a, I hope not Bill, that's a maternity ward. Correct. Yeah. Correct, From Tommy. From rugby, that is. Correct, Tommy. Well done. So... You know, is is he the big second row that's going to bury Julian Salvea in the summer? Um, that's the question. So I'd like our listeners to let us know what they think. He also cheats, mate. Does he? Yeah, he writes line-out calls and stuff on his hand. Ah, oh, yeah. Learn it. I don't know if his line-out calls could have been a shopping list. It could have been like a to-do list. So it might be like one of those, um, like a religious section of the Bible. I'm not, I'm not into religion really, but three colon sixteen, don't they do a lot of these guys? Oh, Christ knows. Move on. <laughs> I don't know. I also watched Christ being the right word. Christ being the right word. Uh, I also watched Leicester get um, pumped by Racing Metro. Racing really know, up for it. Was, yeah, but Racing have been up for it. Then they've been rubbish. More so rubbish than up for it. I think. Mm. Um, Rodan Agara said he was embarrassed by it, especially with the team they've got. But mm. what's going on with Le- Leicester, mate? Well, I think they they tried to play the game that served them so well in the second half against Wasps last week, which was one outrunners and one outrunners with a tip on so really one or two outrunners from the nine and just going kind to of bludgeon their way forward and it worked for them in the second half they were magnificent at like doing that like the old style of yeah. Leicester but you go to France and that's what they want you to do because that's how the top 14's played the top 14 is yeah it's turgid that, that is how it's generally played so or just in a really bad high tackle in the um, such a bad high tackle no one else thought it was high and has left it it wasn't a high tackle I'm being sensitive in the Ulster game on the iPad next to us anyway um they're playing this sort of bludgeoning game, but I don't think they've got the players to do that. They've got loads of really good players, but you look at like Will Evans, you look at Lockie McCaffrey, Graham Kitchen, and these guys, these are top players, really, really good players, ball players, athletes. Yeah. They've got footwork, they've got hands, and they're trying to bash through a load of, you know, 20 stone Frenchmen. and Who are ready for it. That's exactly, for it, exactly what they want. It. So is there another layer to their game is there a plan B and on Friday like, it, looked, it looked like no actually French have always been big they've always got big packs haven't they so you have to move them around a little bit you have to keep ball in play you have to tie them out you can, um, yeah, make them run and, and one interesting point uh, for me at least is there's a lot of talk about who's going to play loose head for England now with Mako and Joe Marler injured for the Six Nations the big question mark over Ellis Genge has been look we know he's really good around the field and ball in hand but is his scrum quite good enough for international level well Matt Mullins seems to be in pole position at the moment as a good all-rounder for Wasps. He really struggled against Toulouse at the weekend, did Matt. Yeah. Just Toulouse, Census Johnston just looked enormous against him and shoved them back. Um, Ellis Genge was against Luke Ducalcon, very experienced French international, and was really, really good. Rock solid the whole game. Abs- and then when Tamafuna, the 24-stone uh, Islander, came on, massive guy, Genge had him going backwards only a few inches but he never looked like he was struggling so weirdly he had a poor game around the field lots of mistakes but in the scrum he looked fantastic so that may well have put him into pole position really maybe maybe okay. yeah oh cool um, the squad's been out soon as well weren't they yeah yeah. well I'll ring Eddie I'll ring Eddie and let him know my thoughts uh, mate, do, you know, do you know the game I liked the most I think over what the now? weekend what now Wasps to lose oh yeah and now you're not talking about a high scoring game 3-0 to Wasps half time yeah not bad a good game like a tough game lots of opportunities it wasn't yeah. a boring 3-0 half you know there was loads and loads going on and they came back to win it right at the end mm. Robson scoring a try and you look at the Toulouse defence at that 80 minute mark oh. then there's no urgency to get back in position they're ambling yeah. back expecting you know Dan Robson to someone to take care of it someone yeah. just to put the foot on the ball but organise nothing. Yeah. Goes solo, gets in, scores a try, wins the game for his team. It's on the field for 20 minutes. Yeah. Gets man of the match. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, they've done well. You wondered why they were signing him when they had Joe Simpson. And now yeah. you see why. Because they're both, they're both flat out brilliant, aren't and, they? And it doesn't matter so much if, if Wasps are slightly struggling in the scrum, mm. whatever. Because the players they've got, Cipriani, Gopeth, they've just got creative players all over the field Curtly Beale Christian Wade on the wing I just wonder if they don't need to 
settle that set piece a little bit if they're going to go on and win Europe yeah yeah, yeah possibly possibly um, but Joe the balance is good in that team all the way through um, Daly's try should no way if you look at the defence and you look yeah. at his line he should have been Muller-Reist shouldn't he yeah but, but his when, footwork to go in and out but Deuce as well missing the tackle yeah it's brutal the best defender on the field on the day he was magnificent just plants, he just plants he, uh, he yeah. follows it daily and he bangs it off his right and goes no way no from to go just creates something out of nothing but yeah they've got Christian Wade on one wing who's electric and they've got a real they've real fine in Bassett I yeah. think on the on the left wing who's just low air account big strong yeah does a lot right hey hits yeah. a lot hits a line off his wing cuts yeah. inside goes gets over the gain line they're on the front foot again yeah and you know Curtly Bill has been good since he's come back from injury because that's always the the worry isn't it they've been injured for a long time a big lower limb injury to a fast guy or yeah gonna, it's going to yeah. take a while for them to find their feet but he's, he's gone straight back in so, and he's only contracted at the end of this season so mm. apparently he wants to stay and they want him to stay it's just whether they've got the dough to sign him on for another couple of years because you know a two year contract for him is one and a half million quid isn't it that's it's big money Big money for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, got a question here, Tom. Yeah, hit me with it from Jamie. Um, all right, fellas. Hiya, Jamie. Um, with Mike Brown starting to get on a bit and Alex Good out of favour, who do you think is Brown's successor at fullback? Noel? Question mark. Daily? Question mark. Firstly, I don't think Mike Brown's that old. He's got a bit of rugby left in him, and Goody Goody is out of favour. So whether we think that's right or not because he, he's kind of the obvious guy to play fullback if Mike Brown doesn't but let's considering he hasn't been picked in the squad let's I wouldn't say daily because I think you have to be playing 15 is such a specialised position that is you it have really? to be playing there week in week out why is it so specialised because the positioning yeah the positioning position more so than anyone like your lines everything's different your whole kicking game's different mm. be brave under the ball I think daily is a great centre come wing and I yeah. think you know if he doesn't start I think he'd be on the bench and you know, he could cover that role. Yeah. But you want someone like a Brown or a Good who plays 15 every week. Mm. Because mm. it's easy to get a position as a 15. Yeah, you see, really I, I wonder about Anthony Watson. I think he's yeah. he's playing on the wing at the moment for both. Tom Holmes playing fullback. But I basically, I think the, the one area you'd think, is he going to be good enough at that, just because we don't know, is the high ball. But then you look at the physique on him and how high he gets off the ground. And he's actually quite a big bloke. He's bigger than Mike Brown. I sort of think that he might be a long-term fullback option for England. I really do because he's 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 kind of got everything else. And can he? I mean, as long as he can put him, put his head in for a tackle, if you if you as long as he's brave enough, as long as he's brave enough, that's it. Yeah. Um, I actually had a question from Gary Roberts saying, "Who does Flats love more, his family or Max Leheath?" Yeah, it's funny. I saw that and ignored yeah. it. I hope you wouldn't see it. Um, I like my family. Okay. I don't know Max Leheath very well, to be honest with you. He's got top knot. Yeah, he's got a top knot, yeah. yeah. Uh, this this chap called Dudley, um, Dudley Hall, he calls himself, I'm, I'm presuming that is a joke, um, said, can you stop avoiding the biggest stories, i.e. the demise of the mid-height boot, the Adidas flanker? Oh, what a boot they were. Um, and it is. it has seen a significant demise, and I'm not even sure if it exists anymore. But Did you it, ever wear ankle-high boots? When I was a kid, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, did your dad get them for you? Made yeah, you wear them? yeah. I the see. point was, the point was, footballers wore low boots, and we wore high boots. That was how we saw it. Was the was your dad the hammer? Was he a prop? Yeah, tight yeah. head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should have played for England politics. Um, yeah. So the the, re- the whole point of not wearing ankle high boots is that the only reason you would wear them is that they give you ankle support, and you pretty quickly realise when you wear them that that is a load of balls, and they don't. Just strap your ankles up and wear comfortable boots. Yeah. Why not just do that? Take up less room in your kit bag. Used to wear, you used to wear Asics, didn't you, by the end? Was it, did you I wear wore, Asics? Yeah, I wore whatever I got free. Yeah. Until, um, I don't know if I'm, you know, sacrificing, burning any commercial bridges here, but until Puma said, we'll give you some boots, give you some, you some stuff, yeah. Puma sent me some boots, and I wore them once, and I said, I'm Just really sorry, condition. guys. These are horrendous. Just one condition, got to kick a goal. Got to kick a goal, yeah. They were genuinely horrendous bits of kit, so I gave those back. I think, for a training boot, the Copa Monday Owls I still remember one for you yeah not for a prop nah training you can wear them mate. touch and stuff like that mm. um, yeah. yeah yeah but I, I yeah I wore I wore them all Tommy just I was a bit of a bit of a stash haul so this yeah. afternoon mate 
Um, Scarlet Saracens took up my afternoon. Yeah, how was that? Really good. Because I was commentating on the big game, Bordeaux Clermont. I thought I thought Scarlets didn't have to win it, but Saracens down to fourteen men came back right at the end. And it's what they do? Yeah, Chris Ashton scored. A nice try, try, actually. Chris Ashton was, scored, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Scott Williams scored a nice try for Scarlets, mind. Mate, he is the number one centre at the moment. Mm. He is. His touches are incredible. Like mm. he's got the ability to offload out the back door, round the side. You know, mm. he keeps the ball alive so well. And the angle he hit was it made it really, look so easy. Really good. Yeah. Coming out the win. I do think though that Alad Williams, uh, Alad Davis pass was mm. incredible. He hits mm. like a 30 yard pass. And when you're hitting, throwing long passes like that, defenders are so close to the line, they're gonna come off the line quick. There's a lot of chance for an intercept. Yeah. Took some guts to throw that ball and a lovely angle. Yeah. Scott Williams. John Davis came on. How'd he go? Uh, yeah, looked good. And I think those two will start for Wales. I still think uh, Jamie will play a, a big role within mm. the squad right. he'll still be used and he'll still come off the bench And but I think those two will possibly start but it's nice to have someone like Jamie Roberts coming off the bench isn't it? blimey yeah having to say it's a stepping stone you know if the game's going tight get the big horse on don't you yeah um, I read a book because I was, I was commenting the other game i just seen clips of Scarlet's but I read about um, Jamie uh, Cubby Boy Davis faking yeah. something did he do a fake dive, a dive or something yeah I, there's something going on in a mall or a driving mall and um, Will Skelton just big fella yeah huge fella yeah. just it was like an open um, slap across the chin didn't really connect with him much yeah. just sort of glanced his his cheek and he turns away and, and goes down on the floor a little bit of what, muppet. milking it a fair bit but muppet. Is he di- if he's diving he's a muppet and I by the way I love that guy's rugby he, he hasn't, that's, that's ridiculous he hasn't dove, he's just... Dove? <laughs> Sorry? He hasn't doved, he's just taken a knee, but he certainly milked it. Anyway, they go to a... He took a knee, okay. They go to a review and Skelton gets yellow carded. But Chris Ashton was good, back from injury. He looked good. Was he? Lazowski, again, he started at 15. Yeah. So they're Farrell at I just, li- I just like his tackling. I think he's just yeah. nails. He's just nails that kid. He hit someone hard as well, right on the line. Nailed Waldrum, nailed Sam yeah, Hill last week. He's not a big week. bloke, is he? No, he's not big. He nailed Waldrum and Sam Hill last week against Chiefs. Yeah. Absolutely nailed them both. One was on the line and Waldrum battered him, yeah. But the current European champions didn't give up whatsoever and they'll see that as a win, really. Because did did James did James Cubby Boy Davis dive? He took a knee. Okay. If he dives, he's a Muppet, so he didn't dive, so he's not a Muppet, but he milked it, trying to get someone done, faking an injury that wasn't there. It was an open hand slap, so the referee deemed that to be a yellow card. I, I, I don't think it would have made a difference to the the penalty and the mm-hmm. sanction, but there's a little bit of play acting in there. I wonder if Pascal Pape's called him to see if he's all right. <laughs> no, Jesus, come on, lads, man up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a shame, really, because it would have been a great win for the Scars they've been too long this mm. year mm. you know to beat Saracens would have been really would have opened up next week because it's uh, Sarri too long next week we, got, we actually got a question on Kevin Sorrell here what? yeah people uh, remember Kevin Sorrell? Kevin Sorrell for those who don't know is an ex Saracen stalwart solid who, yeah who is coaching the backs at Saris. Saris. solid um, does it surprise solid. you this is from Nofsky does it surprise you that Kev Sorrell is considered intelligent by some? By whom? Don't know. Right. What I do know about Kevin Sorrell is that his debut game for Saracens, I, th- I believe, was against Harlequins. Yeah. He's on the bench, comes off the bench in the second half, gains his first cap for Saracens, gets subbed off after 20 minutes. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. It? Great I stuff. I don't know a player that's come off the bench and then got subbed off. I know game. two. Rubbish. Don't want to ruin the story. I know too. Chris Chesney. Okay. Came off the bench and got subbed off again. Pretended it was because he had asthma or something. He was lying. He was just crap. And Lee Mears once came off the bench for John Humphreys at Northampton against Sarries. Actually, he played at a different ground for some reason, flooding or something. And uh, missed the line out. And Michael Foley, who was our coach at the time, um, I was. I'd come off. I was on the bench. I think something like that. 
and he just said is he fucking get him off now and he'd been on like four minutes and Humph was so old yeah. that he could only play 50 and 50 was a push by then and he was like come on mate I can't go back on no I'm just you remember him saying and I said you're right, mate he said I'm stiff as a poppadon boy and he went back on and did another 25 minutes he was dying Means he got put on, tug straight off, clean as a whistle. Wow. Dirt tracking at the end. Unlucky chief. Good on it. But my point, go out of that game. Scarlets and Ospreys are not far away, mate, in terms of the quality of mm. of play they can do. Mm. They're, they're, they are good teams. They're, they're close to it really clicking. Yeah. Um, I was very impressed with the Scarlets. I knew it was going to be a bit of a, a dog fight. It always is when you're down there. But these two Welsh regions aren't far away from, from producing some real good stuff oh, I really hope they do and I, yeah. and I mean that I mean that uh, we've got a question here from Jamie Reid on email um, hi guys loving the podcast and the woeful banter I'm assuming that's a joke um, Jamie. I, think that's, I think that's at you that bit right yeah. my question is this could Danny Cipriani go on the Lions tour as a wild card pick gone are those days mate I think gone are those days of players who are not capped before they go. Will Greenwood was he is capped though. Sips is capped. Yeah, but not currently playing. Will Green was like, yeah, but I, I, I think the main reason Danny Cipriani doesn't go is because there are so many good fly halves playing um, every international of the year. So the guys you mentioned already, those guys are playing every time for their country. So yeah, I think you have to be, if not playing, coming off the bench regularly for your country. Mm. So like Justin Tipperick, um, yeah. four years ago, he yeah. went. He, he wasn't starting for Wales, but he had a huge involvement. Mm. Um, so I, I don't think Cipriano will go I think, no. they'll, I think they'll take three tens who are first choice and Stuart Hogg will definitely go he can also cover he's uh, so good he is I love that guy I know um, but I don't, I don't think Cipriano will go either he's certainly good enough to go but I don't think he will um, this, this game that's on in the background looks like an absolute cracker uh, Michele Campagnaro has just gone in for his second for the Chiefs it looks brilliant so Hopefully, by the time you listen to this, you watched it and it was good. Should we get to some questions, mate? Yeah. Um, Dave Griffin, potentially the most selfish bloke um, who's ever emailed our podcast, Shanks. Yeah. Um, Dave Griffin has basically asked, Flats, um, I'm coming to Bath with my missus. Is there anything you can suggest? Any, where would you suggest we eat out and have a pint? Um, Is that the most selfish question you've ever heard? Where, where do you normally take couples? I don't, I don't take couples anywhere. I'm not a swinger. What, what happened to that chair? You know, you're sitting in the corner with a with <laughs> lamp. You just turn on. And balaclava on. Um, go to the porter, mate. You'll have a lovely time. Very, very selfish. Yeah, let's have a look at some questions. Right, big boy. Um, I've got a question here from Marcus John on Twitter. Um, could you name a player that was freakily fast? For a fatty. Freakily fast for a fatty. I got one. Um, a hooker, ex-hooker for Wales, Cardiff Blues, Gareth Williams. Oh yeah, Gar Wills. He used to pull his hamstring all the time. Just, I don't even know he had a leg drive. I think he just had straight leg running. Yeah. And very. I played against him at England schools against Wales schools, and he was a freak then as well. Yeah. Mm. So fast, mate. Yeah. That's what about good you? Um, Trevor Woodman. Really? Yeah, very explosive, naturally explosive, yeah. Mm. Um, strong for a small guy? Uh, Nick Abendanen. Benders. Uh, or just really determined, could never work out which. Kieran Bracken, really hard, strong guy. Um, strongest little guy? Um, i tell you, Andy Higgins I played with at Bath. Yeah. Real strong, real strong. But... Um, Horatio Aguja, the winger. Yes. Not that big. So hard to tackle. So hard. And David Borry, the French winger we had at Bath for a while. So strong. I got a load. There you go. It's for you. Fucking save me. Um, Shane Williams. Strong, is he? Really strong, mate. The regular. Like, yeah. He's, he's got a physique of like a gymnast. He's like Lee Halfpenny. Yeah. Like that sort of physique. But just so hard to, to actually nail down because he'd yeah. wriggle out everything yeah. keep his legs pumped very rarely gets battered yeah. I tell you I remember playing against a few times and I thought you know when you tackle something you think oh that is solid yeah Jamie Noon oh yeah yeah like a couple of tackles made a bone like yeah yeah really used to looks really like hurt. Ian Dowie another one Joe Beerman oh yeah used to uh, he's at the Ospreys now mm. Dragons 
one of those just just bone everywhere. Yeah, and when you it was one of those that when you tackle. Francois Pienaar was unbelievably know. strong, but he was big, so it doesn't really count. Okay, indestructible. Danny Grucott. Tony Diprose. Tony Diprose. Never um, got injured, did he? But as Di- as Dippy once said on TV himself, he said he didn't he didn't necessarily play the sort of game that was going to get him injured. Whereas someone like a Danny uh, Grewy just relentless, just whacking people the whole time, body through it, and just never missed a session. Very rarely missed a game. I can barely remember him being injured in 15 years. Incredible, considering the position he played. Okay, we had a question here from James Lander. Should James Davis have been carded for simulation? I didn't see it. Will he be so cited? I didn't see it. Softer than David Flatman after a dozen pork pies. Who <laughs> doesn't? I'll have a crack at it. Um, yeah. I didn't see it, so I don't know. What do you think? I don't think he will be uh, cited. Do you think he should have got a yellow for it? I think he'll take a fair bit of stick from the boys. Okay. That might be enough. Jelly legs. Um, with Rob Shaw, this is from Matthew Bebb. With Rob Shaw out of the Six Nations, will Eddie Jones move Toji into the back row? Yeah. Yeah, you think? Yeah, I reckon he might. Yeah. Purely because there's so many good second rows for England at the moment. Yeah, and it, what it means you can put Cruz and Launchbury in the, and Itoji in the same team, and they're so good. Um, Sam Underhill, by the way, adding to that mix at seven, signed for Bath from this signed for Bath this week. Yeah, young seven, that's exciting. He's been really good for the Ospreys, mate. Yeah, solid, solid bloke. Nails the size of his neck and shoulders, yeah. and his head, it's huge. Got like a cow head. Yeah, and he's made no secrets about you know where he wants to play his rugby internationally. Mm. Big loss for the Ospreys, um, but. Good for Bath. Good for Bath. Good for yeah. yeah, very nice highly thought. I know Richard Hill's been down there a few times to yeah. watch him play. Yeah, says he's really good. Yeah, um, Hilly knows a bit about it. You'd imagine. Yeah, maybe. Um, right, we've got a question here from Ed Couste. Pardon? Yeah. Ed what? Couste. Couste. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's the craziest coach either of you have had? Buck Shelford. Buck Shelford. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember that time he just gave us a ball? Because we, we dropped a load of balls um, during a game and then we had to have our own ball and look after it for a week. Yeah. I had to carry it around with us everywhere. Yeah. Boys just, uh, after one of the games he said, yeah, you know, I'm trying to do the accent now. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, he goes, yeah, the thing is though, these boys, we'd, we'd go out, we'd have a few beers, drown our sorrows. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a few beers. I'll sort us out. He's old school. He, uh, I don't even know what that accent was, mate. I don't know. What I need a bit of time to prep. Bloody awful. Um, remember Buck Shelford um, coming into the room. We were playing badly. Three things Buck did. One was he did a TV interview after a game, and we'd lost at home. And he said, "The thing is, the problem with us is we've got no leaders. We've got no leaders out there on the field." And Kieran Bracken, the captain, came in for the next. <laughs> interview on Sky on Sky, I think it was then and they said Kieran your boss has just said you've got no leaders in the team how do you feel about that as captain and he said all I can say to that is pot kettle remember Brack saying that on TV no, I don't know. right so then another thing Buck did was come into the team room a team meeting and read out quotes in the newspaper and said Bath are awful Bath are this Bath are rubbish and he was like uh, can you believe people are saying this about you boys can you by the way um Ulster just scored another amazing try. Charles Piatau is a joke. And he just sidestepped someone as well just to get, just because he can. Close. It's, rugby's so easy for him. Um, anyway, Buck saying these quotes, and then uh, Chris Chesney put his hand up and goes, mate, they're your quotes. You said them. And Buck keeps looking for a bit longer. He reads it and it's like, said Shelford after the game. He's like, oh shit, and just like screws the paper up. Anyway, it's bullshit anyway. Then it was like, he was reading out his own quotes, not even knowing. Another time he got me in for a chat about contracts and told me, have I told this before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut me from the squad even though he got, he got the wrong bloke. Brought his brother in to coach the backs, didn't he? Unbelievable. Um, nice he? bloke though. Uh, like yeah, Daryl. Do you remember Daryl? Daryl, yeah. 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 yeah, he was okay. He was, I think he played rugby league for Scotland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he I, did. I played against New Zealand Maori in 2010 in Napier and we lost like 36-34 or something but like they just shredded us whenever they had the ball but every time we had a driving mall or a line out or a scrum we just butchered their pack like yeah, they just yeah. weren't in it at all so their scrums were in the end they were like they felt like embarrassing we just like marching them back and I was against a guy called Ben Afayaki I think that was his name huge guy but just didn't want to be there in the scrums at all that day and after the game 
Buck comes into the changing room and our general attitude, the coaches were like, boys, that scrum was awesome, shame we lost the game. Graham Roundtree's walking around saying, boys, scrum was awesome, you know, can't believe we lost, sorry about that kind of thing. Buck walks into the changing room and he's like, hey, what about Big Ben, eh? He's one of my boys. He's strong fucker, isn't he? <laughs> I was like, were you actually watching that game? Like, he got absolutely butchered. Remember? Were, yeah, jeez, unbelievable. Uh, Excuse my language. Gareth Jenkins for me, mate. We talked about him before on this pod. Mm. Um, when he was coaching the Scarlets, he had a, a knee operation, you know, when you get to that age, like of yeah. sort of mid-50s when yeah. you need a bit of a clean out of your knee. Yeah. So he, li- he, li- he used to live very close to Stradley Park where the Scottish used to play at the time. And uh, can imagine how busy it gets then with Park and then people all walking mm. towards the game. It's in the middle. It's close to the housing estate. Use a little mobility scooter ah! to, to, to drive to the game. Like Gangster Granny? <laughs> yeah. Down the middle of the street, high-fiving everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the little Jack Russell between his legs, like yeah. a bloke down the road. Yeah, he'd be the type... Like, I remember doing a, um, a, a pre-match press conference with him is day before the game after the team ran and you know like reporters were reporter would ask me a question um, and he would answer it because he didn't hear so someone would say oh, so uh, Tom who, who do you see as a, the biggest threats um, Canada are going to offer in World Cup game and Jippo would just answer for me <laughs> and we Jippo why do you call him Jippo I'm not sure it was just, that was just what they call him was it yeah um, and he would answer for me and we'd just be giggling in the background um, but legend of a bloke I hope Joe Marlon ever called him Jippo yeah. anyway um, yeah. have you got any more questions Tommy um, we don't have any I think you answered a lot of them already boy alright um, well then I want to know what you're doing this week then just briefly uh, well we've got a dinner on Wednesday haven't we yeah. we're doing a oh, Six yeah. Nations preview dinner um, David Flatman hosting up London isn't it yeah, yeah. You, uh, you're the MC um, I don't know what that stands for but I believe M is monumental you <laughs> you're going to use that aren't you bugger uh, we you're going to do an you're going to Q and A with Martin Williams, yeah, Martin Williams, yeah, yeah, Martin. What you said, Mark. Martin. Um, yeah, James Haskell, yeah, and Adam Jones, the Archbishop of Banterbury. We've got an incredible comedian. You haven't seen him yet, Kev Orkrain. I can't wait. Yeah, well I can. I'm going to um, have to. I'll so say after that. I'm actually don't, going. Don't look at me like your boss, but know that I am. That's what I say to you. Yeah, fine. You're running the event. Um, so on the day after that I'm actually doing this sort of team building day with McLaren F1 at St George's Park that could be quite good fun couldn't it that's amazing do you get the drive any cars don't know I'm presuming I'd get a McLaren for going yeah probably presumably or at least a bomber jacket a Castrol GTX <laughs> bomber jacket something like that wear it to a funeral wear it to a funeral black isn't it um, so yeah let's, let's endeavour to have a fab week shall we yeah okay and um, we're coming to you here from Tommy's Tommy's mum's kitchen God knows where we'll be next week, but we'll we'll ruddy well see you then. Goodbye. Ta-ra. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.